Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor, and I'm so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio message. We do hope, as we hope and believe, every time we gather, whether that is in person, whether that's at a coffee shop, or even in an episode or a podcast, we hope you find hope and you are equipped to bring hope to a world in need. And that's what today is all about. And if this message encourages you, feel free to share it, like it, so someone else can find a little hope in the middle of their day. Now, let's dive into today's message. Well, friends, thank you for joining us in this week's audio message. I hope you were encouraged to live in a life that you, like you know who Jesus is. To live in a life like you know the power that's found in Jesus' name. And as you live in that manner, I pray that you're encouraged and challenged to bring hope to a world in need. Friends, if you want to connect with us at Hope Church more, follow us on social media at Hope Church BHM or connect with us at hopechurchbhm.com connect. See you next week. Have you ever noticed that for some reason our culture likes to shorten the English language? (laughs) I'm going to age myself a little bit with this example, but let me give you some other ones. Like, you ever heard someone say legit? Oh man, this is legit instead of saying legitimate. Or we even say it with kids, come eat your veggies instead of vegetables. Or you know how we do it in Alabama here in the South. We like to say y'all, right? Who says you all or you guys? You're not from Alabama. You talk like that. We say y'all down here. Or or maybe you've encountered some younger slang like BFF, which if you don't know, means best friends forever. Or SMH, shaking my head. Recently, I had to look up another abbreviation and it was IYKYK. IYKYK. And maybe you aren't familiar with this abbreviation. I had to look it up the first time I saw it. And what it means is, if you know, you know. So the way you would use this phrase is, my kid had a potty accident, dads. I-Y-K-Y-K. <laughs> if you know, you know. Ooh, Milo's hamburger sauce. Come on, somebody. I-Y-K-Y-K. Or For those of us in the Birmingham metropolitan area, I-65 South traffic on Saturday. Oh, I-Y-K-Y-K. Today's title is If You Know, You Know. And I'm going to be in multiple texts today. So if you're listening on the audio here, feel free to have your Bible out as we're going through this. Or if you're listening, you can always write these, uh, these scriptures down and come back to them. But I will read them out loud for you so you can track. But the first one in our main scripture I want us to look at today is John 14, starting in 12. What we see is Jesus is in the middle of his ministry. He's just talked about how he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to gain, he is the only way to gain access to the Father. He continues here, and I believe he responds to a question with a if you know, you know statement. And he says this Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father 
may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus is in the middle of his ministry. He just talked about how he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he goes, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, you're going to do great things. But not only that, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. When we look at this, he starts it with truly, truly. He's getting their attention. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to do it. This word from Jesus, I believe, is practical and applicable in the simplest sense. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. But here's the issue. Friends, in the church, Christians, believers, unbelievers, we carry ourselves in a manner that doesn't show that we live at I-Y-K-Y-K about this scripture. We don't truly live if you know you know that if you say the name of Jesus, you have power and that you have access. The reality is all too often we live a life in a manner that shows that we don't believe that Jesus' name is important. We showcase this all the time because I believe we do call on names in times of crisis. We do ask for things to happen, but many times it's not the name of Jesus. I think there are times where we, we go in, to self We go, I can handle this situation. I will do it in my name. I got myself here. I'll get myself out of it. Or we think if I get the career, my career is the thing I will go to. Or or my relationships or self-medication, whether through alcohol or drugs or whatever an addiction could be. You say, yeah, that's what the world does, Pastor Adam. No, friend, we have people in the church who carry themselves in a way that calls on other names than the name of Jesus. How do I know? Because I've called on the wrong name in seasons. And every time there are things that could have been avoided if I just went to the the one who was the way, the truth, and the life that's found in Jesus. Friends, sometimes I think we don't pray the name of Jesus because we aren't even praying. Barna Church Research put out a study a year or two ago that shows that we have a 30% decline of weekly prayer in America within the last 25 years, meaning there are 30% less people who are spending one time in prayer a week in the last 25 years. And I think as a culture, <laughs> we see the fruits of that. Side note, I think there are three reasons that we don't pray. One, complacency. We think that we've got everything or we don't really need prayer. We're probably relying on ourself or career or relationships. And as a result, we choose not to pray. Second one, I think there's second time we don't pray is we don't believe prayer. Unbelief. We think that prayer doesn't accomplish anything. And the third one, which is discouragement. Maybe you have prayed, but you have allowed the world or maybe the enemy to skew, uh, Satan to skew your perspective of prayer and the necessity of it. And as a result, from complacency, unbelief, or discouragement, you've quit praying. And if you're not praying, friends, you're definitely not calling on the name of Jesus. So why do we pray? Well, Jesus tells us because we get access to him and to the Father. Because I know Jesus that I know, I know, I know, can make the crippled walk. I know that he can help the blind see. I know that he can bring freedom for those in addiction. I know that he can restore families. I know that he can make the mute 
speak. And I know that because I know the name of Jesus. And I know because of his name, he can do these things. Hear me. We must call on the name of Jesus. Hear me today. If you know you know anything coming away from this message, you must call on Jesus consistently and correctly. Jesus is the key that brings heaven to earth. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is the Logos of God. He is the word of God. And in his word, there is power. In his word, there is creation. In his word, there is freedom. In his word, there is healing. And with his word, he said, let you be, let you find, let heaven touch earth. And there, and what I see in scripture is that there is effective ways to call on his name and there are ineffective ways to call on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus isn't just a magic incantation. Jesus, Jesus, and we find everything fixed. But there is power in his name. So I want us to look at some things. I want this to be educational as we're, and I want you to be equipped to understand a better idea of how to use the name of Jesus. So here's the second text I want us to look at. This is going to be in Acts 19, starting in verse 11. We see that Paul is active in ministry. He, he um, exercises some people from demons and God was doing incredible miracles. And so here's where we see this. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Verse 12, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus who Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them and empowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. There's much we can unpack from the scripture passage, but here's what I see. Paul was walking in the power of Jesus' name. Miracles were taking place, not because of Paul, but because of the name of Jesus. What happens is the seven sons of Sceva, is what we see here, the high priest, try to jump in on this freedom business. When it says they're itinerant Jewish exorcists, that means they were career men of trying to exorcise demons. But what we see here is they failed. And I'm going to talk about why they failed because they had no relationship with Jesus and they had the wrong motive. But I'm going to pause here and talk, take a quick moment to talk on demonic spirits. Hear me, friends. Demonic spirits are real. Satan will like you to think that they're not real. Satan will like you to think that this is just something made up and fictional and versions that horror movies talk about. No, hear me. Scripture points to this and shows us and I know this from experience that demonic spirits, demons are real, but be assured with this statement that I'm about to make. If you have accepted Jesus as your savior, you live with him and for him. Know this true Christians cannot be possessed. If you've accepted Jesus, do not be afraid. You cannot be possessed. But that said, there is also something known as oppression 
What is oppression? The devil can use his demons to oppress and tempt believers so that they walk away from the path Jesus set before them. And if you have more questions about demonic spirits, you can sidebar talk to me and ask me, send me an email questions. We can talk more about this in person if you'd like. But back to the story, the seven sons of Skia failed because they didn't know Jesus. They used his name, but found failure. This shows me it's possible to use his name ineffectively. They were trying to have power because they knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who had power. They were going, we are trying to cast out this demon in the name of the one who Paul knew. They didn't even, they weren't even properly saying his name. It was, they were saying it from experience they had from Paul. <laughs> uh, I work at a library and one time we had a patron at the library come in with some fines. And I've learned over and over again, people don't like paying fines and she did not want to pay. And so she thought, I'm going to name drop the boss. She said, well, if I could just speak with Jan, because we're good friends, I'm sure she can clear all this up. Well, unfortunately, I had to inform this lady with the fines that Nan, which was her correct name, had retired. Not only had she retired, she had passed away. You know, she was such close friends. She knew all this. <laughs> she tried to name drop and it didn't really work because she didn't even use the name correctly. And that's kind of what happened here with the seven sons of Sceva. They were trying to just make money. They were trying to grow their business here. They didn't, not only did they not know Jesus, they had their incorrect motive. And the evil spirit said, we know Jesus. We know Paul. But who are you? This shows me something. Evil spirits know their enemies. These so-called exorcists who've been practicing for pay but the demons didn't know who they were. C.S. Lewis said, My hope is that when I die, all of hell rejoices that I am out of the fight. Come on, somebody. That is so encouraging. I want that for me. I want that for our church. That when you pass away and one day you're walking in heaven, that the devil goes, well, at least that warrior had made it through. And we don't have to worry about him because they're making such a stinking difference in this world and fighting me. Friends, I want us to be on fire and passionate and walking effectively and efficiently with the power of the name of Jesus so much that the demons are afraid of us because of Jesus is on us. These men failed because they were trying to use the name of Jesus as some magic incantation to get money and to get uh, uh, authority and power, but it was ineffective. So here's what we learn here. We, we can't use the name of Jesus without relationship and without uh, within the wrong motives. We, we can't do that. So the second text I want us to look at shows us an effective way to use his name. Matthew 8. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go. And he go does. And to another, come. And he does come. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But here's in verse 13. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you 
as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Verse 8, he was saying, but just say the word and my servant will be healed, Jesus. The centurion understood something that many others in that atmosphere, in that season, and still don't today. He understood that there was power found in the word of Jesus because of his authority. Yes, Jesus' touch was powerful. Yes, Jesus' presence was powerful. But there was also equal power in his word. He gave an example. He said, just say the word. I, I'm a centurion. I understand. My servant will do what as he says. A Roman foot soldier who disobeyed or defied the centurion's command would be defying the centurion, but also the emperor and really all of Rome. So this centurion knew that if Jesus spoke healing, he had the authority to, to, to make it happen because he had God and all of heaven behind him. There was authority in the relationship of Jesus. He didn't have to be present for the healing. He just needed to give authority. He just needed to have relationship with him. And what that shows me, friends, is why do we speak the name of Jesus? Because there is authority in the word of Jesus. And that word is found in his name. And we find that working efficiently when we have relationship with him and when we are with him. The centurion was able to have Jesus's word enacted and found healing in his servant because he was in his presence and because he knew him and had it happen effectively. Holding this understanding, we look back to the beginning verse we saw in John 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. What we ask for in relationship with Jesus, when it's in alignment with his character and authority, things change. The, the words in my name speak of an endorsement. Think of it like a blank check. Jesus has given us a blank check, but the only limitation is that request must be in accordance with the character of Jesus. What do, what do I mean by that? I can't just go, and go, oh my goodness, my, my, my uncle has been really bad. In Jesus' name, I pray he dies. Well, friends, that is not according to the character of Jesus. That's not. And that, that, that is an ineffective and incorrect way of using his name. Oh, I, I need a million dollars in the name of Jesus. You could pray that, but I don't necessarily believe that is the most efficient way to use Jesus' name. We've got to look at scripture, look at the character of Jesus, look at how he enacted his power, look at what his word says, look what God's word says and his promises say that we have access to. When we have those promises and we pray them with in the name of Jesus, I believe we are using a key to open the door of access to the father in the heaven and have heaven on earth. You may be feeling like, I don't know where to start with this, Adam. I've heard Jesus' name before. I've said Jesus' name a lot. Well, there's nothing wrong. You can't go wrong saying the name of Jesus more often, friend. But let me encourage you. Start today by taking one step towards Jesus. Sometimes it can be hard to know what to do or what step to take next in your situation. Say the name of Jesus and take a step. Live in the moment knowing that you can call on the name of Jesus according to his character and his authority. I believe that Jesus's name should be proclaimed 
in your needs and in areas of your life where you need things to done. And understand that because of the authority in that, if we're doing it according to his will, according to his character, I believe we can see things change. The centurion saw his servant healed because he knew the word of Jesus made a difference. I believe that you can see something change in your life if you begin to use the key and the power of saying Jesus' name. I have prayer needs in my life that I am believing God is going to heal and I'm going to keep praying and keep believing because the name of Jesus. And when I effectively and incorrectly use his name, the devil shudders because there is power in the name of Jesus. Enemy, the evil spirits are afraid of those who walk in the power of Jesus. And I believe that we are called to be warriors who fight evil spirits, who realize that this is not about just flesh and blood, but there are spiritual warfare that we can battle in. So let me encourage you, friends, take up your armor. Take up the mission on the moment and begin to speak the name of Jesus. It may seem daunting. It may seem like a big, huge task ahead. Say the name of Jesus over your life. Like a row of dominoes, it just takes one domino to start the whole road to collapse. Hit the domino and watch what happens. Watch the freedom that can be found because the name of Jesus. Can I pray for you today? God, thank you for this word. I pray that we'll be encouraged and challenged to speak your name with confidence, to speak it effectively, knowing that in the name of Jesus, you answer what we call upon. God, I pray that we will begin to step with intentionality, one step at a time, to bring freedom, to bring healing, to bring power that comes in the name of Jesus. Let us not use it incorrectly without relationship, but God, let us use it knowing your son, Jesus. I pray that as we use the name Jesus, we're calling to you because we know you. And as we come to know you, we begin to walk in more power, more and more every day. God, I thank you for the freedom that is going to be found in my friends today because of the name of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.